Hallelujah. Isn't it good to worship God? I just enjoy. I'm thankful that we don't have to live like the world does. We don't have to depend on what the world depends on. We can. But, you know, it hit me this morning in prayer. There's a way made to that, but we have to take it. Um, and a lot of times we just sit back and don't. We get used to uh, relying upon the world or what we're used to doing, and, and God isn't real to us. For God to be real, you actually have to pursue him. It's the hungry after righteousness to get filled. And um, so I'm thankful that we have a church body, and, and there's a reason for having a church body is, is it propels us in this. Um, I don't know about you, but singing these songs we sang this morning, they take me to a place that I might not have gone otherwise. They, you know, I um, sometimes I'm just not there. We're just human, aren't we? And uh, we need each other to be encouraged and to be and to be propelled towards what's already there for us. It's not that we're making God happen or we're turning. You know, it's not by works of righteousness that we're doing. It's we're taking the way that has already been made. And, it, and it's so wonderful to be able to do that. And so uh, I'm thankful for each one here that has been a part of that this morning. You know, it just takes two or three uh, for this thing that God has made to take place as we worship him together. And um, I've got something that I, I'm really, it's it's really helping me a lot. I, I believe this message, the... Love is, is, is the answer to a lot of other things we have. You know, sometimes when you, you, have, a, you have an ailment of some kind. <laughs> I, was, I was talking with my brother-in-law yesterday about this. Sometimes, because, um, you know, I went through a whole thing with my shoulder. I don't know if anybody remembers that or not, but I happen to remember that. And uh, <laughs> what I found is I wanted to just, I wanted to just rest. And there's a time for resting, but then there's a time for exercising. And I, and I found out that the way out of the pain was not to just rest, but it was actually to exercise and to do something. And um, it's, it's so important for us to not just sit back and expect God to do something. He said, what are you, what are you doing? I've given you these things. What are you doing with them? <laughs> it's like the things that, <laughs> that, that we trip on and hate and... and um, you know, that our kids have given us. How many things have you gotten for your kids for Christmas? And, and they're really cool things, but they just never play with them. I mean, we, we got, I, 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 I threw it away, I think, actually. No, I set it out by the trash and it disappeared. <laughs> you know, those cool little things that I would have loved to have, those little uh, um, tractor things. You know those electric ones, you know, that the kids can drive around the yard in? And uh, Braden just never drove that thing. It's really cool. It's got a little trailer behind it and everything, you know. He just never, some things he just does not do. And it's like, you can't make them. It's there for them to do. And I think that's how it is with God. You know, he says, I'm giving you this stuff. Are you ever going to do anything with it? Uh, and then we can blame God if, it, if it, something doesn't turn out, and he gave us the way for it to turn out. And uh, anyway, I believe, I believe there's a big part of this that, that we're going to touch on today. It's another part of love, and I've, I've really been enjoying this because, you know, you can just read through it, and you can say, okay, I'm going to do that, or I have that already, and it's like, no, you really don't. And it's like, 
So, so we've got some principles we're going based upon 1 Corinthians 13, and, and we're drawing some other things also. And I, and I, I want to just, man, I want to stay here till, till we really get some change on stuff because it doesn't do any good. And, and I'm encouraging you today. I'm going to pray before we get going here, but I encourage you today that this is not just me sharing something to you. This is you getting something from God. And it doesn't, it's not just me being anointed, and I, I, told, I completely and totally count on God anointing what I'm going to say to be much bigger than anything I've prepared. And it's going to be something that for me is going to be transformational. But it's not just about me doing it. It's about each one of us. If it's going to change us, it, it, it's, it's almost a slap in God's face if we don't get changed by what he gives us. <laughs> the thing I hate about Thanksgiving and Christmas is we eat these meals. And there's so much there that I'm not supposed to eat. But man, we have the, like this fellowship dinner that we had last week. I feel like I have to sample everything because somebody brought that. And that meant something to them. They spent time working on that and they might see if I don't eat some of it. And, you know, we can come and God prepared something for us. And it, it's, it's much more important than, than a meal. And we can just sit there and have our mouth shut and not eat, you know, or not be filled with it. And how, how terrible can that be? I, I loved my, my wife loved me with food for all these years. And you know how I loved her back? I had seconds. I had thirds. I got full of whatever she prepared for me. And then it started to fill me up in places that, and now if she loves me, she's not going to do that to me anymore. So anyway, so can we do this together? Can we, can we, can we talk to God together a little bit and just say, God, we, we want to get what you have for us today. Um, and for each one of us to go to the throne ourselves. let's make this a personal thing between God and us. Can we do that? Father, we just are, are so honored that the, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace is here with us today. And Lord, based upon what I'm going to share today, I, I also recognize, and, and we do this together, that you don't consider what we're doing here to be any less church than the biggest church in America today that you don't consider this to be any less significant or important. But God, as, as the, the God that you are, you, you put your very best before us today. And so each one of us, we open up our hearts before you, Father, and say, fill us up with something that's going to be life to us, heaven food. And we want to go back and we want to get full of it. We want to be hungry for it. We don't want to let what we've been eating up to this point ruin our appetite. But we, we say that our storage is empty right now. We're ready to be filled with you. Fill us with your heart, we pray today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been talking about, and the winner is, and the winner is love. Okay, so there's a lot of other things in our life. And uh, we've, we've looked at from, from uh, 1 Corinthians. And I just have four guidelines I want to go. Uh, everything that we're going to talk about today, and we've been talking about week by week, 
just to have some guidelines around these that, that uh, first of all, this isn't just something that is supplementary. This is not something you can take or leave. There might be some things, even in the Word of God, that you can get by without, maybe. I wouldn't want to, but, but you get, in fact, you get everything else in the Word of God, <laughs> and you don't have love. It's nothing. This is the eternal thing that Luke was talking about. This is the thing that, that you, you can spend your whole life even go building into your family. And if you don't have love, and, and we saw that that's actually something you have to go get. There's, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a, a nature that we've been given of love, but then you actually have to uh, grow up, okay? And so, in 1 Corinthians, after it gives all these attributes of love, it actually says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I acted like a child. I played with childish things. But when I'm a man, I put away childish things, right? And so, if we're going to approach this and get anything out of the love of God, first of all, we have to recognize that it's, it's not optional. We have to have it. And then if we're going to have it, we're going to have to let go of something in our life. You know, Melanie prayed such a wonderful prayer here this morning during pre-service prayer about, God, I want to be, I've, I've known you most of my life, but I want to be ready to change today. I want to be ready to let go of something. And I guarantee that every single one of us, if we're going to grow up in love, the most important thing that nothing else matters unless we have, there's something for us today that we're going to have to say, God, help me to let go of that. And it's going to have to be by faith. It's not something we do of our own strength or our own will. It's by faith. Okay? But we have to put away something if we're going to grow in it. You don't just get something else without putting away something, all right? Man, I love some of the stuff we've already talked about with regard to this, but I'm just going to get through these as quick as I can. And then, with love, there is no clock. And when we say no clock, that means there's, 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 there's no, oh, I've done it for this long, and now I, I have the right to do something else. And it also has to do with regard to who people are. There's no restriction to who it is. There's no clock and there's no restrictions. This is for everybody. I'm telling you, that right there is a growing up thing that you have to put away childish things to gain. Amen? Man, we're going to see this today. This is really good. The needs of self are no longer considered. So there's the biggest battle, and the thing that Jesus came to demonstrate is that if we're going to have the life that God gave us, which is a life of love, we have to let go of ourself. The whole thing with love is completely diminishing my rights for the rights of somebody else. So these are the things that are, I'm just, these are guidelines for everything we're going to do, okay? And um, so today, and go back and check out some of the other ones we've, we've talked about, boasting and being, envying and all these things. I'm telling you what, we need to meditate on these things. We need to be thinking about them every day. Because they don't just go away. Childish habits, until you break them on purpose over a period of time, they're there. They're just the way we do things. It doesn't matter how old we are, we can have childish ways, right? So, 1 Corinthians 13, we're still in the fourth verse. After all these, low after all these weeks. 
And we're finally to the last one here, I believe, right? And it says that love is not proud. And First Corinthians, or in the Amplified, it says, it not, does not display itself haughtily. And the King James uses this, it, it says, puffed up. Are you familiar with that? And it's interesting, actually, if you go... Uh, let me get. Let me let me go ahead and look at the the definition of this. Um, I'm not going to try to say fusio or whatever that is, but if you see here that this word that is used in in First Corinthians is talks about inflating, making proud or puffed up, and I had this thought go through my mind. And <laughs> What is most, most, the most subject to uh, exploding? It's something that's puffed up, right? It's something that's filled up with itself, with air, hot air, right? <laughs> um, so what, what is the deal with pride and how... And this has kind of been a baffling thing for me, looking at all of these, is it's saying what love is not or what it doesn't have, what it isn't, and is a description of what it is in what it isn't. Does that make sense? So when you're thinking about love, and when the world thinks about love, it usually just says, I just have ooey-gooey feelings towards somebody. And they're not thinking about what they are doing in the midst of it. And the biggest, one of the biggest battles against being able to do the acts of love is a self-perception. And we looked last week on, on boasting, right? And that's what comes out of the mouth. And you know, you can boast and actually not be in pride. You can actually be just insecure and trying to say something to try to get noticed. But pride comes along and talks about another little perspective of this. And it's, it's, actually, it's actually very dangerous. It's dangerous for the one that there's pride against, but it's most dangerous for the one who has pride. If everything else that you have in your life means nothing unless you have love, then if you don't have love, that's the most dangerous thing in your life, is it not? And pride is, we're going to look at this. I think it's really good. Pride is one of the biggest weapons that the enemy uses against us. So in Proverbs, in Proverbs 6, wouldn't you say that Proverbs has some wisdom for us? And it talks about what God hates. And I, I think it's kind of interesting. In a message about love, it's interesting to look and see what God hates. Because there's a good thing on the opposite side of it. Right? And, and he hates seven things. I wasn't going to put all these things down, but I thought, you know what? We might just see what company pride is in, right? There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes. And what is that? That's prideful eyes. And we're going to look at how, where pride is noticed, where you can see it, where it has a problem, how it's perceiving somebody else with regard to who it is, right? 
If you look in other in the in the in another translation, it actually said, uh, uh, "The proud look." Has ever, anybody ever seen somebody that you know is proud, and you can just see that look in their eye? In fact, it's a look that doesn't ever meet your eyes because they're a little bit above you, right? Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in community. Isn't that interesting? God hates that. So that means any of those things at all, the presence of them is in direct opposition to God. Right? God says, I resist the proud. And who do I give grace to? The humble, right? But what does it start off with? What does all this string of things that God hates start off with? The haughty eyes. What, what happens in the eyes of somebody that's, uh, don't wanna, that, that's having an issue with pride? Where does, where does all this start? start? Now, if we, if we think about the, the elements that have to do with pride in our own life, please, let the, let's let this be for us today, okay? There's issues in our country today having to do with racism, with having to do with gender, with having to do all these things. And people are whiny, whiny, whining, wanting to be taken care of because they're this and they're feeling like they're not being treated right about it. And you know what? Maybe they're not. But the answer is to not just take something from somebody. The problem is in the eye of the person that is doing this. Okay? People, there, there are people that have a problem with racism. There ha- there's people that have a, a problem with ugly people. What kind of people do you think those are? The good-looking ones, right? <laughs> there's, there's people that have a problem with people that are different sizes. Now, if, if we'll be honest, right? Different races, there's a lot of different races. And how do you know that you got a problem with it? Because how, it's how you look at somebody, right? It starts in the eye. Starts in, in the perception of somebody. People, there's some people that won't have anything to do with somebody that doesn't have an IQ above a certain level. Seriously. And, you know, I was thinking about it this way. A lot, a lot, a lot of times, comedians can really be funny, but usually what are they being funny at the expense of? And they're putting themselves up above somebody else to make fun of, some of them. Or they can put themselves down too. And really, that's almost like a false humility at the same time. Right? But where does it all start? It's, it's, it starts with a perception of somebody. Right? And what, what does God say? He says, I hate that. I hate that. God's in direct opposition to any pride. And what is that? That's, that's where me is elevated above somebody else. And what does it do? It's just like boasting. It disables your ability to even have the heart right, the right heart towards them. Before being able to love them, boy, we're going to see some good stuff, okay? Can we just hang in there a little bit? 
All right. <laughs> so let's just go back to First Corinthians really quick. And, th- and, and I've, I've loved looking at this, at this way. It says, love is not proud. It doesn't say it has a little bit of pride. It doesn't have any pride. Boy, ouch, 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 ouch. Right? There's, there's, there's no place for it at all. It cannot exist at all if there's going to be love. And the world will know we're his disciples. How? Because we love. And if we love, there can be no pride at all. Amen? It's going to have to start in our eyes. We're going to have to see things differently. Pride, why else does God hate pride? Is there anything that you hate with regard to your kids? Not the kids, but... Like if you had a snake come in the house, come in your kid's bedroom, you know? I hate snakes anyway, but a snake in my kid's bedroom... I really hate them. Why? Because it's, it's going to hurt my child. You know, I've, 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 had, I've had things threaten my, my own children. I've had friends threaten my own children. And I know I'm not supposed to hate people, but I've hated certain people to a certain degree. Still working on it, okay? I'm a work in progress. Why? Because it's going to hurt my, my child. I hate that. Why does God hate the haughty eye? Because it's going to hurt the child. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bring destruction to the child. And it's going to disable the child from being what it could be. The best thing you can be is, is, is not all the gifts that we feel like we're, we're equipped with, you know, that we're naturally gifted at or whatever. The best thing we're going to be is God's loving hand extended to somebody. And God longs to touch somebody in our life in the only way that it's going to be possible through us, and if there's a haughty look in our eye, we're going to look at them in the wrong way, so he can't even touch them through us. Does this make sense? So this is part of the reason why he hates this, is pride comes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Now, we really need God's help to awaken in us the reality of what being proud is. So it, it, it means enough for us to take care of. 1 Corinthians 4.18. The interesting about this puffed up version, it's only in seven different places and it's only in 1 Corinthians and in Colossians. I thought that was just kind of interesting. Because it talks about becoming built up, puffed up, and then acting in a certain way. And it's impossible to love when you're puffed up. Now, some are puffed up. This is kind of... This can happen to us even with regard... To, I mean... Majorly with regard to something that we think we know spiritually. We can start to look at somebody else with that look. You know? 
And then when it comes time to actually being able to do something for them or pray for them, we're not in any position at all. Right? So Paul's talking to the Corinthians and he says, and now some are puffed up, they're proud, as though I would not come to you. Oh, Paul doesn't need to come to us. We're spiritual. Right? But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and, I, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up. I am not impressed at all by how you carry yourself or what you think of yourself or how much you even think you know. He says, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What kind of power? What do we need the power of God so we can tell storms to stop? And You know what the greatest power of God is? The demonstration of his love. God so loved the world that he gave his son. That's the biggest demonstration of God's power, is it not? Are you with me here this morning? Punch somebody in the nose real quick and make sure that they stay awake through the rest of this. All right. First Corinthians 8. And, and what, what Paul says, actually, you know, I was reading Peter the other day, and Peter was talking about these people that, that were being taught by Paul. And he said, Paul teaches this stuff that's really hard to understand. And so people, what, they, what they've taken of Paul, and, and they've twisted it around, and they've made it to where you don't even have to live right anymore. It's all by grace. And you don't even have to live right anymore. And Peter's saying, boy, you better be careful, because you can get it twisted up thinking you know what you're talking about. And you just get a little bit of information, and now you think you know everything because you read a couple verses. And people do that all the time. You know what I mean? So these people, how many have seen an angel? How many have heard somebody tell about seeing an angel? Were you impressed by them like I was? I was impressed. I think they were hoping for us to be. No, I'm just kidding. We'll go back to last week's sermon about boasting. But what can happen to somebody that has an encounter of some kind is they can begin to think they know stuff that's really not necessarily truth. And they can begin to look down on somebody else. It's actually just right on. Now about food sacrifice to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. So what these people were doing were they, they were actually thinking that they knew more because they'd seen some angels. Well, you know what? I got the wrong verse here, but we'll get to that here in a second. Um, I love this verse because what is it about a perception? And it's all going to come from the eyes again. Let's talk to ourselves with regard to what we know about God. And what we're looking at somebody else with regard to that. Right? And if there's, there's a perception that we know something, it needs to be a meter saying, hello, 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 pride, 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 pride. Right? Because what pride does, it blows you up so that you can explode. It puffs you up. And it comes before destruction. Right? All right. A little bit more. 
Colossians, this is the other place it talks about this. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility, and here's the angels that I was referring to, and the worship of angels disqualify you. Have you ever been, I referred to that, have you ever heard somebody telling a story about an encounter with God, and what did it do to you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess maybe God does love me, but... Not enough to show up in my room, you know. (laughs) What are we projecting, even in our knowledge of God? Are we projecting so somebody's going to think more of us? You know what I mean? (laughs) That's what he's saying here. Such a person goes into great detail about what they have seen, and they are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. I think that's kind of, Paul's kind of enjoying talking about these people. He said, you know, they, they, they really, they have that proud look and they, and they really, you know, uh, but all the time they're really just displaying their ignorance. And really, God's wanting to take us to a place where there's no display of us at all, but it's all Christ. Amen? All right. Oh, you weren't supposed to see that here. Okay. Oh, you're still seeing it. Oh, well. <laughs> too late. See, oh, how did I? Oh, look at that. It's, it's trailing me too slow. But you guys know the story of, of, that Jesus told of the, of the Samaritan, right? And the, the guy's on a road, and he gets robbed, and he gets beat up, and he's laying on the side of the road. And, and what, what kind of person comes along? Uh, a priest, but he's also a Jew. And this, this man is not the kind of person that a, a fit religious priest wants to associate with because he's looking at himself as in a position, in a status that when he looks at this one, it disallows them to an extent in his own mind, Right? The Levite comes along and he does the same thing, right? And then the Samaritan. What happens with the Samaritan? He doesn't look at him that way. This is where God wants to take us in love. And this is why pride is such a, is a perilous thing. You know what? Let me, let me just look here real quick. Man, I had, I had you know how when you're, you're studying something and you have some Ideas going through your mind, and sometimes you don't get them all down the way you want. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish telling this story, but, but I, I want to put this in a perspective that I'm, I'm seeing everything that we're talking about. It's, it's, a thr- it's, it's the devil trying to steal from us when it comes to love. Because God is wanting to have the best part of us not walking past the reason Jesus came <laughs> to touch somebody, to make a difference in their life. And the thing that will prohibit that is, is pride. Right? So the enemy has schemes. He wants to destroy people in our life. And he wants to destroy us in the process of that. So, 
We're, we're supposed to be wary of his devices, aren't we? We're supposed to not be. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's always doing it, isn't he? And how is he going to do that? If you're going to, you know, what, what happened with America? Amer- America's been under, we're under attack right now. We're, we're probably in the most dangerous attack that we've ever had right now. It's ideology. I mean, there's kids that think socialism is okay. It, I, and I think there was a quote from even back, you know, when I was growing up, there's a great iron curtain, you know. There was such a, man, we're, we're there's, there's no way. But I heard, a, I, there was a statement made by one of the communist leaders that we will not defeat America with, with weapons. We'll defeat them with ideology. Where does the enemy come? He comes in the place that we feel like we know something about or, or that we can have our own ideas about. And the biggest danger we have in the church is feeling like we, have, we can have our own ideas about something and we can, we can take or leave something. Right? And so you have the best worship leader that ever was. He's a great worship leader. And where, does the, where, where is he attacked himself? And he becomes very good at attacking in the same way. Satan, right? Where was, his, where was he vulnerable? He was vulnerable in, in where he was good. And he began to look down on other people, even God himself. You know, we can even judge God himself as, I, I, I'm serious. <laughs> people come in and they decide whether or not it's really something they need to get. They can say, this, this, even this, this sermon today, Okay, I'm really laying it on you thick, right? Right? They can say, ah, I already know that. What is that? That's puffed up, isn't it? (laughs) It's not ready to receive. It's not ready to be changed. So the enemy, if the enemy can destroy us, if if he can steal away the life that Jesus came of abundance. He's not just going to do it with finances. He's going to do it in the area of love. And he's going to attack. So these things that we're talking about, envy, boasting, patience, right? Pride. He's going to hit us right where we are vulnerable. In the place that we feel like we're good. Are you good looking? That's where the devil's going to get you. Because you're going to think somebody else isn't as good looking as you. Right? Are you smart? He's going to hit you right there. Is that true? If you're strong, you're going to look down on somebody that's weak. If you're healthy, you're going to look at somebody that's sick. Right? The enemy will hit us in this area. And how do we battle him? How do we battle him? Here's, here's where I have a video we're going to look at here. But, um, we don't know who we're touching all the time and how our pride is being influencing how we're treating people. Right? And Jesus came to be the greatest example f- for this and to demonstrate why it's so important. Here's how it, it's, it's determined for us. Who are you ready right now to 
actually lay down your life for? Would it matter what color they are? Would it matter their mental state? Would it matter their gender? Right? And if, you know, you might, we might say, well, I would lay down my life for anybody, but would you lay down your, your willingness to make a joke about them? You know? Would you be willing to take a day to do something for them? Is, if there's anything about how you see them that would affect that, then we need God's help, don't we? I want, I want the love of God to be shed abroad in my heart. I, I, I want to obey the only command I've been given to obey. But I can't without if I have pride. Is this for us today? Amen. I've got a video. Let's, can you make sure the audio is on there? Okay. Let's watch this. Got your best man on your front side. You always show your best side. And evil's always on the other side. You say this is your strategy.
on that in yeah you know uh, it's like it's like Luke was saying um, earlier that the, the, the eternal things are the most e- important things and I wouldn't want to have I wouldn't want to be in pride and, and and just keep living that way wouldn't you want somebody to it's like if you got a booger sh- uh, hanging out of your nose you know you want somebody to tell you right <laughs> if there's something you can fix right God show me show me help me not to be insensitive to somebody because I feel like I'm better in any way amen so Philippians is so powerful here this You know, we're, go, we're saying about this today, going from glory to glory. Uh, never be the same. What are, we go, what are we going from? We're going from our glory to his glory, aren't we? And what did Jesus do with his glory? He set it aside, didn't he? He did it on purpose, intentionally with his mind. He, he said, I'm not going to do that and who did he hang out with he hang he hung out with the people that the priest and the levites would not hang out with with they wouldn't even help if they were destitute on the side of the road he went and helped those kind of people why because he didn't look at himself as above any of them isn't that amazing he didn't he didn't look at himself as as better than anybody and he's way better so here's the thing. I don't think God's calling us to think bad about ourselves, Just not more about ourselves than somebody else. And here's the thing. The more we grow in who we are, the more we begin to push somebody else up. Amen? It's not about us thinking, feeling low or thinking we're bad. That's false humility. It's about becoming so secure in who we are in Christ. And we recognize that our position now is below somebody else to lift them up. Amen? 
How can you think about thought about somebody? How can you fail to do something for somebody when you realize that everything God has put in you to be anything worthwhile at all is to do that? Amen? Philippians 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, are we encouraged in being in Christ? We're made one with Christ. Aren't you glad for those scriptures we can stand on? I am one with Christ. If any comfort from his love, are we comforted by his love? Praise God, we're comforted by his love, aren't we? If any common sharing in the spirit, we love to claim everything about how we're, we're united with Christ, right? If any tenderness and compassion, then let's keep going with that he says let's make my joy complete it's gotten to this point by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and of one mind let's don't just claim everything else let's claim the mind that christ has amen and what is that do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. That's what humility is. You can be the greatest person in the world, know it, and still be humble. Right? It's because it's not what's... (laughs) Going out of your eyes, it's what's coming into your eyes for somebody else. Does that make sense? Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Isn't this interesting? This is talking about love. And it's calling it a mindset. (laughs) It's not talking about the heart. It's talking about the mind, isn't it? The mind will follow where our heart takes it. You can get into all kinds of stuff that your mind takes you to. And all of a sudden you say, well, this is just what my heart wants to do. It's because your mind took you there, right? That's why there's a scripture here written for us to tell us to have a mindset that Christ had. And it tells us what it is. Amen? Who, being in the nature of God, here's Jesus, the Son of God, having the nature of God, did not consider his equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Here he's on the earth. And you know what? Every, all the miracles he did wasn't by being the Son of God. It was by things that everybody else could have done. Because he just believed. Right? He was the son of God. He was anointed. But you know what? He did it as an example, right? But he didn't consider his position, who he was. He didn't use that as an advantage against anybody. What did he use it for? He met the blind man that had been at the side of the road for years. And what did he do? He didn't consider himself above that person. He made mud. He got his fingers dirty, right? So that who he was could lift up somebody else. If he would have 
looked at that person in the status of who he was, he wouldn't have been able to help them at all. If he hadn't gone to the cross, what was he doing going to the cross? He was lifting us up. Was he putting himself down? He remained who he was. But he took a position because of how he saw us. He never saw us out of pride. Isn't that great? Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He served. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so I like to think about this. God, what is my opinion of somebody else? How is it determining my own readiness? I might not have to lay down my life, but is there something you need me to do for them? And I'm not going to be able to get into a position of demeaning them. You know, there's some races we can make fun of for different things. I'm just wondering if that's a God thing coming out of us when we do. You know? God, help us to see. Am I thinking I'm better than them? You know, there's a, there's a thing that, that we as Caucasians are being accused of as having white privilege. And sometimes I might resist that somewhat. And yet, maybe I need to say, God, if I have that, help me to not, not to be defensive of something I need to let go of. But help me. It's, it's not going to do me any good to, 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 to carry around an identity of, of having white privilege if I'm not doing anything about it. I would rather say, that's who I was. But now I'm in a position, I'll help anybody of any race. And I want to be a servant to all. Amen? Is this good? I want to love as, as God has commanded us to love. I want to be able to do that. And I can see that there is no pride in love. It's got to be completely abolished. God help us. Amen? Father, I thank you so much today for each one of us that is here. I, I believe that you've answered our prayer, that you've brought something for us to be able to eat, to be filled up with, to be changed, to be affected by you. And so, God, right now in this time, we take this time seriously as, as an opportunity to repent. And for each one of us here today, God, I pray that there would be a a willingness, a humility before your word today to say, point me in the right direction, God. Make it so that I don't see anything about myself as positioned above somebody else in a way that would disable me being able to honor them as Jesus honored them with his own life. Open up the eyes of my understanding. May I be transformed by the renewing of my mind to a mindset that was in Christ that didn't think anything 
of himself above those he came to serve. Father, call us. Call us and take us to the place of servants in your kingdom, Lord God, where we're no longer living to ourselves in any way. But we're living the inheritance that you've given us in Christ that is abundant and great. We access all of it by faith. Never to be elevated above somebody else, but to be positioned to lift them up. Hallelujah. I thank you that the device of the enemy, the dart that he would throw our way, that would destroy us in any way, is being rendered nothing. That the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. And any weapon formed against us will not prosper as we cause it to be ineffective by the word of God and by the willingness of our hearts to turn to the truth that's ours in you. God, may we be as if we've never attained anything at all before you right now. Maybe we be ready for complete change in our lives. To have a different look out of our eyes. How we see people. Show us in our own hearts who it is we might not perceive as we should. And take our self-perception and make it to be like Christ's. We're seated in heavenly places in Him. We're made one in Him. But we're never above anybody else. Never in a position to demean or to deny or to walk away from. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We receive of you right now. We receive of your light to our hearts. Father, I thank you for fruit as a result of this. This isn't negative. This is positive. Our faces are clean now. (laughs) Your word comes in and it washes us. Makes us right before you. This feels so good, Lord God. Transformed again from glory to glory. Never be the same. We'll never be in pride. We declare that over ourselves today, Lord God. We do not have pride. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Quickened, made alive in you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray your blessing upon each person as we go today, that that we be encouraged in you, that your love would surround us. And that the truth from your word today would open up doors in our lives where the enemy would want to hurt us in any way. This thing that that you hate so much that it's disabled. The light has shone in. It's no longer able to exist unobserved anymore. It's been exposed and it will be eradicated in Jesus' name. Speak it over each one here today. They're walking in newness of life made fresh and new in you in Jesus' name.